gory life. Um, they have hopes. They yeah. definitely have hopes. Oh, you should see her go after a bug. It is the funniest thing. I mean, this is a cat tracks it and it's the entire it's like watching a lion in the wilderness you know I mean it's just hilarious <laughs> she, 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 would, she's so funny my cats would like to hunt but they haven't been given the the chance they just watch things out the window and and their tails twitch. They don't see like little gnats and go crazy that come into the house? Oh, she she tracks these gnats. We don't even know there's a gnat there until she starts jumping into the air to try to get it. I mean, not even a little gnat to make them excited? Not really. Not really. I think uh, I think they're they're hoping for for better things. Oh, they, yeah. did, they did get a mouse once that came into the house, but they, they lost it again in the basement, and I have not seen it since, so I don't know if they caught it or not, poor little thing. Yeah, they would have brought it to you if they did it. Yeah, yeah. They always give gifts. They're very generous that way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the only thing she's ever actually gotten that I saw her get was this one poor little fly that got through somehow. Must have got in the door when one of us went in and her out. And, oh, my God, she ate it. I never saw anything like it before. Oh. And I've had cats and dogs all my life. I've never seen a cat just start eating her 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 winnings like she does. <laughs> I mean, she would, if, if we, she never will, but if we let her out into the wild, she would survive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cats, cats get along quite well. But she's, she's an indoor cat, whether she likes it or not. There's too many cars and bad yes. other stuff. You know, people kidnap beautiful cats. You know that there are people that kidnap beautiful uh, cats and dogs, right? Yes. Yes, it's really sad. We actually had one of our cats kidnapped like that, and we never saw it again. Oh, that's horrible. You know, we were kids. We were living in another state. It was um, We each had a cat, and this was my brother's cat, and his name was Frisky, and they, they kidnapped it um, from the front yard. And we chased after them, but they they got into a car with Frisky, and we never saw them again. Oh, that's really sad. I mean, and I got a license plate and everything, well, a partial license plate I gave to my dad to call the police. But they, they, I guess it was a stolen plate because they never found it. Huh. Wow, that's... Uh... That's really something. And I, you, you wouldn't think a cat would be really worth quite enough money to be, you know, worth worth the trouble of, of worth the risk of that. You would think. But 
she was really, I mean, she, he was really pretty. I think if they're exotic looking in some way, they do that. Yeah. Because she, because all our animals are animal, have always been, since we were kids, animal rescue. So they're all basically mutts, cats and dogs. So, including pie. Um, you know, so to do that, it would have to be because of the looks of the animal, not because of the breeding. But I just think it's disgusting. You know, they basically stole a uh, animal from a uh, eight-year-old boy. That's just rotten. Yes. You know, steal animals from uh, from kids, and it's like stealing a toy from a child. It's just I, I you know, like. Uh, that story recently and where at Christmas time they stole all the presents from this house, including a boy's wheelchair. He was he 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 had a I think he had cerebral palsy, and they stole his wheelchair and all the Christmas stuff, everything. That's just incredible. I I don't know what makes people think that. That's at all. I mean, I suppose people are doing it have nothing too, but a wheelchair. A wheelchair. A child-sized one, especially that—that's just. It's cruel and horrible, and demented. I mean, it's—it's just. I the, the public came through and somebody anonymously uh, got this child a, a wheelchair. But the point is, is the the that was a generous act and it was beautiful. But it shouldn't have ever happened that he it had to be. You don't steal from a child, especially not a wheelchair. Yeah. No, that's that's just a dreadful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I I was always a Pollyanna when I was a kid, but as life has shown me, I realize mm, not so much Pollyanna anymore. More of a cynic. <laughs> you know, it's not it's sad, but it's true. You, you what you see in the world is you, makes you become what you are. Yeah. So I'm very cynical. Um. Anyway, uh, I understand that you like poetry. Do you have a favorite poet? I have a lot of them, and and they they vary from from day to day, even hour to hour. Oh. I'm. Uh, I've. I like a lot of different poets. I've I've been I've liked Billy Collins from way back. Um, I'm fond of a poet called named Kevin Griffiths, who I don't think um, 
really en enjoyed his work. Um, Anne K. Schwader is uh, a formalist poet who writes speculative poetry, whose work I'm crazy about. Uh, I, I, um, I'm the poetry editor of uh, Weird House Press, and so far we've published poetry books um, by the poets Robert Borsky, Carpe uh, Noctum is his book, and Anne K. Schwader's uh, Unquiet Stars. And I'm really impressed by both of those poets. And we're we're hoping to bring out more more weird poetry books uh, in the in the future. I'm more of a classic. Um, I like classic poetry, like um, Emily Dickinson and Walt Whitman and Ralph Waldo Emerson and John Donne. I I I don't always like the more archaic poets that much. It kind of depends on on which ones. I do like I do like Emily Dickinson's work. Um, John Donne, I, I find it really amusing um, that the his most popular poem, the one that uh, begin, begins go and catch a falling star, is actually a really vicious diatribe about women being unfaithful and it is always excerpted to just the beginning which sounds wistful and speculative I actually like the poems he wrote for his wife those are, those are the ones that I like I, those, I know that <clears throat> um, I, some, of, some of it's about Christianity and all kinds of stuff but I, the sweetest ones are the ones he wrote about his wife <laughs> well, I I don't know who he had in mind with the the poem about infidelity, but either things went sour with the wife, or else he was cheating on her as well. Well, I don't know. Um, he wrote a lot of poems to his wife, and they were married until uh, I think he died first. So I don't know. I don't really know that much about his background. I just it, it says to his wife's name. That's why I know they're to his wife. <laughs> wow. I don't. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a poetry scholar, but my favorite's Walt Whitman because it's all about nature and it's so beautiful. Yeah, I like his poem about the ballooning little spiders. Yeah. I actually wrote a, a piece of, of short fiction that was based on that poem and uh, the nursery rhyme, Itsy Bitsy Spider. Oh, that's cute. I like that. <laughs> transformed into the literal, into, um, into a really uh, desperate and horrific saga. Okay. Of survival and and uh, and lust, and then uh, not survival. Okay. But I mean, I just I love I like different kinds of poetry. Um, actually, like Emily Bronte's poetry, 
even though I'm not that big a fan of her book, um, her one book, um, Wuthering Heights. I, I, uh, I liked the movie with Laurence Olivier and Merle Oberon, but when you really read the book, it's totally different from the movie. And I just, oh, I was, it was not my favorite book. Of the, uh, of the Brontes, that was, that was the one that got the worst points for me. <laughs> I have not read um, Wuthering Heights, I'm embarrassed to admit, and I'm not at all familiar with uh, Charlotte Bronte's uh, poems. Oh, no, Emily Bronte, not Charlotte. Emily. Uh, actually, I, I, I know that Charlotte did write poems, but I've never read hers. <laughs> I, was, I was more into her books. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote several books, unlike the rest of her sisters. Um, her sister, the Anne wrote two, both really good, and Charlotte, I think, wrote four. But she lived long enough, and she's the only one who married. That changes things. Yep. <laughs> For one thing, you have a a, a live-in a live-in uh, critic and data reader. Yeah. And he, but he was like really supportive, um, very loving. Um, That's nice. My husband's really supportive, and that that counts for a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I, it's funny because um, people compare Charlotte Bronte and Jane Austen, but really, there's very little to compare other than they're both English and women. They lived in different times. They wrote different styles of books. Um, one uh, uh, got several offers of marriage but never married. The other one did marry, and she did get several offers of marriage. Uh, you know, it's totally different women other than being two British women in time, uh, different time period than ours. They, they, I don't see anything in common with them. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. It's just like in modern day comparing two writers because they're both women is just the dumbest thing. Women are very individual. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I just I I don't get that. It, 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 they don't do that to men. It's only women. They say, oh, this woman and that. They both write the same kind of book, and you read the books, and you're like, no, they're nothing alike at all. They they may both write mysteries, or they may both write historical dramas, or they may both write romance or whatever. But just because they both write the same style of book doesn't mean they write the same way, or even the same kind well, of style or anything. There's a number of, of writer couples who, who wrote completely different styles of of uh, of books and or poetry for that matter. Mm hmm Yeah, I know. I like I it's it, it's just strange that how people like they want to put them in little little tiny squares. My husband doesn't doesn't uh write a lot but he he was fond for a while of doing uh translations from german and spanish and and some latino that's interesting 
translation work is supposed to be a lot of fun, actually, if if, if you speak another language, which I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I, so he doesn't do that anymore. No, I keep I keep telling him he should start up. He was translating um, for five years. I was the editor of Starline, the journal of the science fiction. Um, and Fantasy Poetry Association, and he tra he translated a few works for Starline that he found. But it, it's really difficult to locate um, speculative poetry uh, in other languages. And in in some languages, it's almost impossible to find. I mean, I'm sure there must be there are there are French and German science fiction writers, but speculative poets um, are not really searchable. Hmm. He, had, he had better luck finding um, finding uh, speculative poetry in Spanish, especially in Latin and South American countries. That's interesting. I wonder if um, well, isn't there places like magazines and and stuff like that where they do speculative fiction in the different countries like they do here? Um, the SFPA website, which is sfpoetry.com, has a markets page and and there are a few journals from uh, from other countries, but um, of course, that it, it's it, the um, the organization is is anglophone, so um, it's uh, it's hard for us to to find um, journals where the where the language isn't isn't English. Hmm. But we do try to publish. Uh, Works in translation, and they're eligible for the um, for the organization's awards. And and uh, works in translation have have won have won uh, some of the awards. That's cool. And um, so, where do uh, where do you find this? I mean, where's is it a book form or is it a magazine that you publish these in? Um, there, there are actually uh, four publications that SFPA puts out. Uh, Starline, which is a quarterly journal uh, available in print and, and PDF, which I edited for five years. Uh, and then um, there are two annual anthologies uh, the Risling Anthology, which, for which members nominate poems, and it's also the voting um, instrument for the Risling Awards, which are voted upon by the membership, and Dwarf Stars, which is the same thing but for micropoems, poems of ten lines or less. And uh, we also have a quarterly online-only journal Eye to the Telescope, where each issue has a different theme and is guest edited by a different a different person. Oh, that's interesting. 
And um, so I meant it, the, the current the the issue that's currently open for submissions, in fact, is an is an issue that I'm editing, um, and the theme is notional ekphrasis. Ekphrasis is writing poems about works of art, and notional works of art are those that don't actually exist. So if, if, if a painting is described in a book or a statue um, that's imaginary, that doesn't exist in real life, that's a, that's a notional piece of art. Therefore, notional ekphrasis is poems about pieces of art that do not exist. Hmm. I, I think it'll be a really fun issue. I've gotten quite a few submissions already. Cool. And where do they apply if they want to do that? Um, at eyetothetelescope.com. Eye to the telescope is all one word. Okay. And um, so last time we chatted, uh, you had won Writers of the Future, but we are we're also in the middle of a pandemic. So now I know you've been to the workshops and to this award ceremony. Did you enjoy the workshop and, and what did you think of the judges and stuff? Oh, very much. That was just marvelous. I had I had such a a great time. Um I I can I can't think of anything I, I would recommend more in, in the world of writing. Uh, the, uh, the contest is free to enter. You can enter every quarter. Anybody who's, who's not a pro-level writer, by their definition, can, can enter um, one, one story each quarter. And if you, if you win, that is if you're in the, the, one of the three winners for each quarter, uh, you get flown to a um, a week-long workshop in San Francisco, or, sorry, in, in in Los Angeles, and uh, put up in a hotel. And all these great, well-known pro-level writers uh, teach you everything they know for a whole week. It was it was just an amazingly useful and and fun and pleasant experience plus getting getting to meet and network with um, all the other participants because of covid they combined two years but um, a number of people still weren't able to travel and uh, you know so it, it, it was it was by no means too crowded and uh, I had such a wonderful time and they do this for illustrators as well. There's an Illustrators of the Future contest, which is run in much the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, I believe, called Writers and Illustrators of the Future. Yes. Um, and what book are you in? Could you, uh, do you have it there? Can you read the entire title and the number for me? I... Uh... <laughs> it's number 36 um, the writers of the of the future anthology I do not as we speak have the book right in front of me because um, we are 
up in my office and the book is downstairs. But um, they brought that they brought out um, 36 and 37 together. That was the the combined group. In fact, I, I was really pleased that another uh, SFPA member, Trent Walters, was uh, one of the 37 winners and was there. That's cool. Did you enjoy mingling with the other writers? Oh yes. Oh, it was great. I I roomed with. Um, a woman, Barbara, Barbara Lund, um, who was the grand prize winner from um, from 37. And uh, she was very nice and a lot of fun. What a great story. Cool. Yeah, I actually interviewed her. She's a lovely woman. Yes. That's really cool. Um, we're coming to the end. Do you have a website? I do. It's fjbergman.com. It is in desperate need of uh, updating, but such as it is, it's, uh, it, it exists. And uh, there are a, a number of my, my poetry chapbooks available on the site and a little bit of extraneous material and information about me. Cool. And what is your um, social media? Um, I'm F.J. Berg. Uh, actually, on on, um, on Facebook, I'm Fjord Bergman. It's the only word that starts with F.J. So that's uh, that was just for fun. And on Twitter, I'm F.J. Bergman. Are you on Instagram? No. Okay. Um, I I just want to thank you for taking the time for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Sherry. This has been, again, a delight. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. (laughs) 